Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today, we're covering The Leftovers, Season 3, Episode 7, The Most Powerful Man in the World and His Identical Twin Brother, the longest episode title of the entire series. It will not fit on my spreadsheet. I'm going to have to expand the columns, which is unfortunate, but, well. I don't know how to fit this into the title episode <laughs> for this episode. I know. I was wondering that myself. How are you going to fit this? Where there's a will, there's a way. And we have a Kurt. Uh, hello. Kurt. <laughs> I'm excited to be the reoccurring guest of the Shoppers podcast, Leftovers Edition. That's right. That's right. So I am the host of the of the podcast, Mr. Sal. Oh, hello, Mr. Sal. Sometimes, I, sometimes I allow Kurt to come on and talk with me about the leftovers. Today is one of those days. Mm. Nice, nice to hear from you, Kurt. Uh, nice to hear from you as well. How have you been? We're doing okay. Well, pretty okay, pretty good. Bad, but pretty well, very well. Very confusing. Okay. Most so, like this episode. As, as really, ah. as most of you know, I have seen The Leftovers. This is my third time through. It's my favorite show. Kurt has not. This is his first time watching The Most Powerful Man in the World and His Identical Twin Brother. By the way, this is the second title of an episode for The Leftovers that we've had that incorporates the two words right next to each other, most powerful. Yeah, I was thinking of a most powerful adversary. Yep. Well, we have two people who have a most powerful adversary in this episode. Let's see if we can figure out what Kurt rated, rated this episode, shall we? He told me it was confusing, which throws me a little bit off the scent, but I think that might be reverse psychology i think i i mean i was i was prepared to say that he gave this episode a 10 but now that he says that he was confused by it i do like to throw you off mr sal yeah i know now that he says i was confused by it he uh that made me momentarily think oh i should lower my rating but then i thought ah he probably said that just to get me to lower my rating. So then I brought my rating back up. But then you said, I do like to throw you off. So then I thought I better bring my rating back down. And then I thought, nope, he said that just to get me to bring my rating back down. So where is this ending? It's, just... it's ending at a 10. I think you gave it a 10. I, I admire your steadfast personality to hold strong. In the face of unquestion of a, a confusing place, that being my rating. Uh, but my respect turns to laughter, a laughter of joy, because you got a spot on. I did give it a ten, <laughs> <laughs> and I always tried to trick you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I oh, fantastic! I'm glad to hear it. You know, when I first uh. Well, not when I first. When I first saw this, I loved this episode right off the bat. But knowing we were going back to the International Assassin universe, I guess, not hotel in this case, uh, I thought you might be concerned and think that you know they went back to the well one too many times. I don't feel that way at all. I think this is 
a very worthy addition to that little trilogy of trips to the international assassin universe what do you think uh i mean yeah this is a great third trip i wonder if there's a fourth probably not based on the last uh, episode title but maybe nora gets to have a trip i mean that's one of your theories you've put it out there before yeah i i'm curious if she gets to go to this hotel universe uh I still think that's a possibility. I think it's more of a possibility that it's some sort of last future and we saw Sarah with the pigeons. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, could, it could be here going into the universe. So I wonder if we'll see it again. I'm really sad that I'm pretty sure... I I don't know if Kevin's been singing Homeward Bound, though. Ah. <laughs> and that makes me kind of sad. So it, doesn't, it does not appear that he has been. Yeah. Hey, but you get Dean back in this episode. I do get Dean back. I, I could tell it was Dean before he took off his mask. I was like, yeah. His voice. yeah. I was so happy. You get Dean back, and you get Patty back. I'm more happy to see Dean. Yeah, Patty's pretty oh, good. He enough. probably does it a better role in this episode, actually. <laughs> but still. You're so wrong about that, but yes. Yes. Uh, so we should go back and, and just recap all the predictions that you've made and see if any of them have come to pass or not. This wasn't even like this wasn't even the final episode. I didn't make a ton of predictions, but but some of them were like uh, one of the predictions was they kill they kill Kevin. Yeah, that's uh, I agree on that. Yeah, but yeah. uh, Kevin goes goes to the hotel. You gave that seventy five percent chance of happening. Do I give you credit for that? Well, your wording of it uh, was either he dies or he goes to the hotel. Is what I feel like. Uh, and arguably, that bunker is very hospitable. <laughs> okay. I'll give you credit for it. Yes, uh, I wish you were that, just generous as a teacher. Yeah. 70% chance that he returns from the hotel, so you got that right as well. Uh, Nora goes through 95%. We don't know yet. Nora does not die 100%. We don't know that yet. Lori dead 60%. We don't know that yet. Matt dead 0%. We don't know that yet. Kevin Sr. dead 25%. We don't know that yet. Sarah is Nora 80%. We don't know that yet. Oh, here's one. Kevin talks to Evie. You gave that 85% chance. You got it. Kevin gets the song from Christopher Sunday. You gave that 100% chance. Wow. I'd like to argue my case here. Okay. There was no song to get. Nah, no. <laughs> Rejected. If, if if he had to get nothing, there was nothing to get. Doesn't he already have it? He has nothing. <laughs> he was going for nothing. There was no song. We even heard Christopher Sunday when he was live say he has no song to stop the rain, only to start the rain. His song. That's what he told Kevin. Except we didn't tell him the full part. He just told him he does not have a song. To stop the rain. He doesn't say, I don't have a song to start those, to stop the rain. He says, my song doesn't stop the rain. My says, song. Oh, okay. So, okay, there you go. So, Kevin went looking for a song to stop the rain. Uh, Mr. Sunday song does not stop the rain. So Turns out he didn't need it anyway. <laughs> because you, you put the odds of a biblical flood at 0% and you were right on that. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Yes, yeah. that prediction saves me. <laughs> good to go. You also put at one hundred percent that Kevin knows where the shoes are, so they neutralize each other. 
In my defense, he did ask the kid. He did. But the kid didn't know. He decided to tell Kevin where they were. Exactly. Um, I I maintain that there are no shoes then. There are no shoes? So they just never had shoes or what? The shoes went with the kids. They died. They didn't get... They, didn't they get ate the shoes. No, they ate them for the salt and the leather. Got it. Oh, okay. I forgot about that prediction, too. <laughs> that was the last one, though. So yeah. I, I kind of threw that one in at the end there. <laughs> well, I don't... Okay. Well, I wonder how many of these predictions can hold strong. I, I, I think I've got them all, like... Yeah. I believe everything that's still remaining that's out on the cards. Yeah, just to recap... 95% chance that Nora goes through, 100% chance that Nora does not die, 60% chance that Lori is dead, 0% chance, by the end of the series, I mean, yeah, 0% chance that Matt is dead by the end of the series, 25% chance that Kevin Sr. is dead by the end of the Can series. Can I change that to a zero? Which one, Sr.? The Kevin Sr., yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't even want to hedge. I want to get the full credit on this one. Okay. 0%. And 80% chance that Sarah is Nora. 100%. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, need, to stop. I need to get rid of this hedging here. All right, so the, the only ones that you're hedging on, Nora goes through, you have it 95%. 100%. Might as well put that up to 100. All right. All right. We're just removing all hedging now. Good. I like that. You know how my philosophy on half measures... I can't remember. I don't want to offend you, so I'm just gonna say you you do have a strong opinion on him. <laughs> I definitely do. And exactly. so the only one you're hedging on then is Lori is dead. You have that at six. That's a fair one. I'll keep that at six. All right, got it. All right. Well, I love this episode. I, I love it so much. <laughs> like, I, I still I look know. certified more. Do you? Yeah. It's it's not my favorite episode of the season. Still a great episode though. Totally understandable. I I, I can absolutely get certified is is phenomenal. Uh, and there's there's so much good stuff going on there. But very little Kevin in certified. You're right. And no Dean. That is also true. Uh. <laughs> well, Dean is a strong character. He was part of the weakest season. So. Uh, that's true. That is true. The greatness of Dean does not correlate to the greatness of the episode, sadly. Okay. Dean well, picks up for a slacking show. And just for the record here, you are now at five out of seven episodes this season, 10 out of 10. I don't want to talk about that. Okay. I am going to make a prediction right now, and I'm going to probably end up sticking with it, but I reserve the right to change it at the beginning of uh, next episode, which is our last Leftovers episode. Yeah, besides the recap, yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a recap after that, but it is the last episode of The Leftovers, the series finale, so the last episode we'll be covering. I'm going to predict that you give it a five. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll do that for you. Predicting a five. Okay, trying to temper expectations, I see. I, I don't know if I'm trying to... I, I, I really no. think you give it a five. I've been saying this for quite a while, that I don't think you're going to like the finale. You don't think I'm going to like the finale? You think I'm going to give it a five? It can be that bad. Well, a five on the Kurt scale is meh. Yeah, but I think the Kurt scale has kind of gone out the window now. Yeah. It has shattered the curve 
We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if it does displease me, I will just give it spitefully a poorer score than it deserves. Yeah. <laughs> and then it has no way to redeem itself. If it's a, like, you no, know. it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think that you'll dislike the episode. I think you'll just be dissatisfied with it. That's why I say a five and not like a two. I'm already really sad that Kevin didn't like. Listen, if Kevin, if, if they did the homeward bound thing, I always say, easily my favorite episode. Easily, this would have been my favorite. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> right? Or it was just like a simple nod that he comes here frequently. Like if he said, like, oh, not even Hey Dean, but like the Australian guy on the phone. He's like, oh, hey, what up, <laughs> Dave? Yeah, like the like, hey, God, glad to glad to talk to you again. And just to be clear, when you say the homeward bound thing, you mean you wanted to hear him sing it pitch perfect. Nah, just way better. Yeah. Like obviously he's been singing it more and more. Okay. Right. But pitch perfect, yeah, that that that's the dream. He sings it pitch perfectly. I'm like, oh been working on this. Okay. All right. So I want you to make one more prediction for me. Okay. Okay. The intro music to this episode was the season one intro music. Yeah, it was the theme song. Kind of. yeah. yeah. Prediction about the intro music for the last episode. Hmm. Season two music? I, I, I have the slightest idea. Oh, wait! Is it... Okay. Is it out of my mind? That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, where's my mind? Yeah, that one. Okay. Where is my mind? You're on the record saying um, intro to the last episode will be Where's My Mind? I have the slightest idea what it's going to be. I'm trying to say the notable songs. Okay. From a season's past. Gotcha. I would not pass. Like, you know how uh, Kevin got that three question quiz? Before he could get into his bunker this episode? Yeah, I, I would not have passed that. that quiz. I would not have passed that. I love that quiz. Oh, man, I love it. Oh. Mostly because of the last question. I mean, yeah, I guess that, that, that the other questions are pretty softball questions compared yeah. to the last one. Yeah. Love it. Anyway, yeah, this, is, this, this episode just really does it for me. It really works on so many levels for me. Um, I mean, really bringing Patty back is like, that's an automatic 10 for me. <laughs> just right there. But I, I have one complaint. Yeah. One complaint. That's to do with the EV stuff. We can get into okay. that. Okay. When you get around so, to it. Yeah. Remind me. I will. Well, if I remember. <laughs> but <laughs> my, I have one complaint as well. Okay. My one complaint is that Ann Dowd, who's the actor who plays Patty, mm-hmm. is listed in the opening credits. Ah, oh, you saw I was, it coming. I was so mad. I was like, wait a minute, Ann Dowd's back in this? Oh, you know, I got so it made me excited. But at the same time, like, it would have caught me completely off guard out of nowhere if I didn't see that in the opening credits. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know the actor name, so. Yeah, I was, I was blissfully ignorant. You were lucky, you. Uh, but this season does not open in in or not the season. This episode does not open in the uh, international assassin universe. It opens in a flashback with Kevin and Nora sharing a bath, better days, and Nora says that she would like to be cremated, uh, even though Matt will give Kevin a hard time about that. 
Kevin says he wants to be stuffed. Yes. Where Stuff. do you lay on this, uh, Mr. Salve? I don't mind me asking. Uh, if I have to pick one of these, I'm picking cremated. Okay. But I'm I'm with stuffed. Interesting. You want to be stuffed. Never forget me. <laughs> so here's how I get around this, because really what I would like done with my body is cremated and then the ashes turned into a diamond. Why is that, though? And then I can be worn as jewelry. No, I don't want to be worn as jewelry. No? No. You want to be propped up in a corner somewhere? Or prominently displayed, yeah. Prominently displayed creeping on people? Nah, why would that creepy? Make me, like, do a pose. Give me, like, a... Like the thinking man pose or something, or like, uh, you know, I don't like, could they, could they put like, um, what's it? Like, don't just stuff me with stuffing, but like, take my skin and like, give me some sort of rigid, like, so you can move my arms around. Oh my God. That way I could have different poses. So take the skeleton out and replace it with like flexible wire, like a coat hanger. Yes. Yes, exactly. God. Then you can have poses. Even if you guys, if you think I could like the face down too, then I kind of like facial expressions. Speaking of facial expressions, what about facial hair? Would, would you would you let somebody put a beard on it? Uh, not if it ruins the stick. <laughs> okay. Well, Nora wants to put a beard on Kevin if he's stuffed. Now, because she's the one who has to has have sex with that abomination. Quote. To quote Nora, what do you think the point of scene of this scene is? Why is this scene here? I guess it's a reminder of happier times and the, the origin story of Kevin's beard. <laughs> it so is this, this episode because this episode is about kind of their relationship and the deterioration towards yeah. the end. So it's just showing like the happier times. Maybe? Yeah. So I think that I think you're right. I think it's meant to show us happier times, but I think that it's also Kevin thinking about happier times. So I think Kevin, I think we're seeing this because Kevin is thinking about this specific moment. Oh, he's thinking about it while he's under in the seesaw. Okay. Right. Because I think that she probably did dunk him under just like she did in the flashback. And that point in the flashback happened just as he went under in the seesaw. Nice transition. By the way, how does one tie oneself to a That's what I was going to ask you. (laughs) Yes. My, 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 what, what I, my conclusion is, is that it is, he's poorly tied on, and if he wanted to, he could get out. Okay. Like, he nodded it with his hands tied around himself, but he could unknot it if he wanted to. But how do you, how do you tie yourself before going under? Oh, 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 yeah. So, my, my thought was, like, if he got, like, some weight on the other side, barely holding it, and then he started shimmying. The seesaw, like shaking it, like you know, might like as long as you have it barely on, it might like tap it off. Or if you got like some piece of wood behind him, right, and if the rope's kind of loose around him, like it's pretty tight, but he can slip his arms underneath. Then, right, he like removes like the wood under him, and then he puts his hands back under. Okay, because what I just did it while he was underwater too, but yeah, Uh, Ah. because what I thought of was. Maybe he was sitting right on the fulcrum of the seesaw, oh. tied himself up, and then threw himself back. 
Oh, I see. Like slid his way down the seesaw. Yeah, I don't know. That would work too. I didn't think of it that way. All right, yeah. so there are possibilities here. Okay. Yeah, this did anger me. That was like, how would he get it? it was like, how would he time himself with the seesaw? Well, like, it was a little distracting because it's like I, it kind of took me out of it for a minute because I was trying to figure it out. But uh, you know, I think that now we've got it. One of those things would have worked. Sure, why not? The horse helped him. It, it weighed him down. The other side. <laughs> Maybe it was the horse. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he is, he's under in the seesaw and the storm is here. It, it's raining pretty hard. And the group of disciples wake up. Senior John, Michael, Grace, they all wake up. Senior's freaking out and wakes everybody else or it gets everybody else out of the house to pull Kevin back out. Yeah. Not what Kevin wants. Kevin is like, why'd you pull me out? And they said, you know, but his father says, I thought we'd do it together. And, and <laughs> which is kind of weird. But I love the father son bonding in this episode. I mean, it's interesting. It's a really unique uh, bonding experience. I, like the other. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's interesting because you can sense that there is genuine affection there, but not enough to, prevent senior from literally killing his son yeah i mean but the, no but he's not actually killing him he's just bringing him near death he, well he's just he's just letting him go to the uh you know the other side the hotel universe so is he not dead when he goes there i don't know i've thought about this if he actually dies and comes back or if he's just somehow not dead the whole time yeah uh I think, I'm, I'm gonna go with the. I do think he dies. But yeah, he knows I, he's gonna come back. So. All good. I I I agree with that. Now, does he know that he's gonna come back though? Because he's only ever come back in miracle, like Matt said. That's true. Uh, he's just hoping he'll come back. Listen, he has to to the flood. Yeah. Listen, it won't matter if he if he doesn't come back. It won't matter. They're all gonna die anyway. They would. Yes. Right. Much like that second cop, the doubling down. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's that that is that is senior's philosophy. But Kevin does confirm that he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows what they all want and they dunk him. And then we hear that familiar international assassin universe music. Except we're not in the hotel all this time, we're on a beach. And Kevin is being dragged out of the ocean by, I, I don't know, is this guy Russian or Chechnyan? I, yeah, I, I just put like angry Eastern European. Right, yeah, yeah. But, like a mob boss Eastern European. Right, and you can't understand anything he's saying except for Kevin Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> so that is all. Uh, so we know that he's Kevin Harvey again, but we don't have to understand this guy anyway because he gets shot in the head by dun 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 Dean. Dean. <laughs> so, by the way, Dean radios in to tell them to tell whoever it is. This is hotel, right? What does he say? Hotel. Okay, so here's what he says. He's he says Kilo Hotel. Okay. Key, this is this is from the the NATO phonetic alphabet, like alpha, beta, like oh, so kh. 
Yeah, Echo, Bravo, or no, I'm sorry, not not Beta, Alpha, Bravo, uh, Charlie, Charlie, yeah, that alphabet, KH is Kilo Hotel, and so that's Kevin Harvey. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but it is interesting that H is Hotel. Yeah, I heard Hotel, and I was like, home. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. So, I wonder if that's why they changed his last name to Harvey, so they could say hotel because he was in this hotel I, I don't know if one has one to do if one has anything to do with the other but anyhow dean wants to know if that's kevin's house up on the beach and it is they go in and dean breaks all of the reflective surfaces the mirrors the sunglasses uh what else did he break anything i, I think that's something we see him break mirror the sunglasses I know mirrors and sunglasses. I don't remember if there's anything else specific. He asks about pots and pans, like anything reflective. And he says that that's how they found you. We don't know who they are other than maybe this guy who pulled them out of the ocean. Uh, and we don't know why he was hiding from them. But Dean notices that Kevin is writing a book. But he is an assassin, confirmed. An international assassin. International so. assassins, true. I mean, they are in Australia, I think. I think this whole thing is set in Australia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But he's an assassin, and his target is the President of the United States, because he is about to start an unsanctioned nuclear war, and Kevin is the only man alive who can stop him. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Now, did you have any idea that the president was going to be other Kevin Garvey? No, I did not think it would be President Garvey. Yeah. Against Harvey. Oh, very, fair enough, yes. <laughs> yeah. That was how but, I distincted the two. One was Garvey, one was Harvey. Okay, I say President Kevin and Assassin Kevin. but I like you, that too. Yeah. But now, Kevin accepts this, that he is the only man alive who can stop the president um, because of his penis. Anyway. Um, but, that's an interesting way of putting it, but technically true. Okay. Yes. But uh, he doesn't know that at this point. But, but he wants to talk to his, uh, to his people in return. He wants to talk to all of uh, Grace's children, Evie Murphy, and... Christopher Sunday but I think he only says I want to talk to some people and Dean asks him who and the first one he lists is Christopher Sunday who in this world in this universe happens to be the Prime Minister of Australia yeah somehow yeah I mean he probably went through a fair democratic election after getting here I would think but Dean gives him an earpiece to talk to the boss whoever that is uh because that's he's going to have to get the okay from the boss in order to talk to Christopher Sunday. But he also gives him the familiar international assassin suit and puts all of it on. Boss, it turns out, is David Burton, who's the guy on the bridge. Yes, God. Who's God from Matt's love boat, who, or Frazier's love boat, excuse me. Uh, and who was also the karaoke karaoke uh, MC? Uh, that actually, you know what? 
What? You did get to hear Homeward Bound in this episode, didn't you? Yeah, he brings it up, but, like, it's not the... I he heard... Sings, he sings a couple bars of it. Yeah, but, like, it's not It's not Kevin singing it. Alright. Like, it's, not, it's, not, it's not what I... It's not the way... It's not... Nah. You must have felt some satisfaction hearing it. I mean, no, because it kind of it's kind of killed it for me when he yeah. had to like, explain in the homework. But I'm like, oh no, that means, huh? <laughs> like he doesn't go to the hotel and see this guy frequently. Aw, <laughs> but we finally learn what David Burton said to Kevin on the bridge right before Kevin drowned Patty in the well. We learned that he said to him, "You are the most powerful man in the world." I forgot completely about that about him whispering oh, something you? that we didn't get to hear. Yeah, I love that they brought this back up. I had no expectation for that. Like, I completely forgot about that. They could have just swooped, like swooped that under the rug. I would have never checked under there. Well, that's probably true for most people, but I love that they didn't because. Do you remember that, Mister Sal? Yeah, I did. Okay. Absolutely. And you held strong. I did, and and I I like the payoff of this because this is the other person in the world of the leftovers that we know of that frequently quote unquote dies and goes to this place and comes back. Mm-hmm. That's true. In fact, he's been here every time Kevin's been here. So. I mean, I guess at this point, we know that that guy is dead, eaten by a lion. I mean, can he come back from that? Maybe. I doubt it. (laughs) He is too, but where there's a will, there's a way. Hmm. Is there a will? Probably not. I don't know. (laughs) But anyhow, uh, David Burton tells him, that you know it reminds him that you're the most powerful man in the world and and the reason for that here is because this this version of Kevin Kevin Harvey assassin Kevin is the only person who can stop president Kevin Garvey from destroying this world yeah okay so in order to get started burton tells him to look at himself in the mirror even though Dean told him not to. Yeah. Doesn't matter. This is, this is God talking. I, I immediately, so when he, I was very curious to what he'd do when he looked at the mirror. Yeah. I I was so curious. And the second he did, like I, I I immediately could tell, Oh, he's two people now. (laughs) He's been so twain. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. He's got a kid. There was also, so this is where the spoiler for the leftovers thing kind of came into play a bit. Yes, I knew that this ends with because I remember. So going going back about we, we see Kevin look at his chest when he's inside oh, the hot right, and at yes. the time when I saw him look at the chest, I was like, I don't really understand. Like, okay, he's a scar on his chest. But when we see President Garvey, and we also know that okay, there's a nuclear war coming soon. For the possibility of it, I'm like, wait, I remember this, like, I remember this scenario, how it's supposed to come up. The spoiler thing for me was I heard about the Fisher, um, for those of you that don't know, I heard about the Fisher plan, or Fisher project, Fisher dilemma, what's the name of it? Protocol. Protocol, the Fisher protocol, I heard about it, and, um, I had heard that the leftovers used it. That's all I knew. Uh, Is this a real thing? 
I get yeah, some Harvard like law professor in like the sixties came up with the Fisher Protocol. But, but it's a real thing. He suggested it, or it's actually used. It's not actually used. He just suggested right. it. it was just a like a like a dilemma. Right. It's okay. Not actually used. So how much did they tell you in that? Did they tell you that Kevin had to pull it out? Of no, 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 no. All I ever, all I was ever told was, all I ever knew was this Fisher Protocol. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I saw it on Reddit. I was like, that's very interesting. So then I scrolled down, and the comments like, yeah, super cool. I can't believe the leftovers used it. That's all I ever heard of it related to leftovers. Okay. Because the Fisher Protocol was just something of like the president should have to physically murder an aide or something. Right. Right. So did you put together that the president would be Kevin and the person with the key embedded in him would be also Kevin? Yes. I figured that out during this season. Okay. I didn't see it like instantly when I saw Kevin, but I, I was piecing it together as he was figuring out what was going on. Gotcha. And I was like, okay, he's going to have to make a decision about whether or not to get the key from himself. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. So I, I wonder how that impacted the way that you took this episode in compared to the way that most people would the first viewing. No, I feel like not much. I mean, I was very excited to see what would happen when they were in the same room together, like if something would drastically change. Okay. Right, because they also tease it like they have the bag over Harvey's head, assassin Kevin's head, and whatnot. So I, I mean, I, I, I liked, the, I still liked the episode a lot, despite that. I don't think that was right. too big of a. I mean, it is definitely a bit of a spoiler, but not a big one. Not any. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think it's enough of a spoiler to actually ruin anything, unless you kept reading and, and read that you know it was Kevin's twin brother or whatever. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, I never expected it to be like I, I, at a glance, like. While I was going through my mind, I was like, okay, is Kevin going to have to... So since we kept hearing earlier about we should kill a baby to cure cancer, I thought we would see the Fisher Protocol in that aspect. Ah. Like, maybe Kevin has to kill a baby to cure cancer in this, like, his, like, universe. Or maybe he'd have to do something like killing a baby. Uh, uh, no, not quite. We got, um, we got uh, Kevin having to kill Kevin. So. Okay. Interesting. Well, yeah, we got Kevin having to kill Kevin. <laughs> but it was, so as soon as Kevin looks into the mirror, he kind of jumps into his other self, who is the president, uh, giving a speech. And his speech is, well, first of all, you probably noticed right away that he's dressed in all white. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he is the president. And, and it seems as though the guilty remnant is a political party in this universe, just like it was in International Assassin. Yeah, we remember uh, Patty was running. Yes, exactly. So Kevin, uh, his speech is, a, is against marriage, of the institution of marriage and, and how it was outlawed under his administration. Um, and But the question was, what then happens to families and to children? And so they had this essay contest and... Uh, the in the the winner of this essay contest was Liam Playford. Congratulations! Yeah, but this this is interesting because this is we we hear almost hear the conflict in the speech. He goes from outlawing marriage, so there's the the guilty remnant uh, philosophy of there is no family, to uh, what happens to families, what happens to children, which kind of invokes Meg's philosophy that she taught she told to tommy 
uh, at the end of season two, that family is everything. And, and that isn't that just that that is a summation of Kevin's journey throughout this whole series. He goes from family is everything. I need to get my family back to when he has them. There is no family <laughs> when he when he has them, he kind of forsakes them or, or loses them somehow. And then there is no family. Yeah. OK. And, it, and it's and it happens multiple times throughout the course of the course of the series. So I like that the speech incorporated his conflict into the philosophy of the guilty remnant. But oh, I didn't think of it that way. Huh. Yeah, and I mean, Kevin throughout the series has seemed somewhat sympathetic to the guilty remnant. Yes, he did, yes, especially back when he was at um Mapleton. Uh huh. Yes. Certainly, especially compared to the other cops as well. Yeah, or even when he, an international assassin, when he was hooked up to the lie detector, and he was asked why he smokes, and it was a lie to say because he was addicted to nicotine. What the truth was was he smokes to remember. So there is some sympathy for the guilty remnant within Kevin. So to see him wearing the all whites and, and well, throughout this episode, we've got two Kevins. One is guilty remnant. One is trying to destroy the guilty remnant. And the one who's guilty remnant is trying to destroy the other one. Mm-hmm. So they're both trying to destroy each other. And these are just the two sides of, of Kevin Garvey. The, the side that's sympathetic to the guilty remnant, the side that wants to destroy them. And they're going to have to kind of duke it out before the end of this episode. Uh, a very powerful adversary. Oh, yes, exactly. Well, anyway, Liam won the essay contest. Uh, and he and his siblings are there at this uh, rally or whatever this is, but they have no shoes even in this place. <laughs> and he asks them, Kevin asks Liam, where are your shoes? What happened to your shoes? And he says, because somebody in your family wants to know. And Liam responds, but you said there is no family. Ooh, got him. Yeah. So it seems like Grace is screwed here. <laughs> I mean, I, I, why did Kevin stop asking him? Should have kept pressing. I'm the president of the United States, and I want to know, kid, where are your shoes? Read my lips. <laughs> Which president used to say that? I don't remember. Uh, uh, JFK. You invoked it. No, I George H.W. Bush. Was George? Oh. JFK would say it cooler though. Read my lips, no new taxes. No new tax, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he raised taxes. What? Wasn't that wasn't that the whole like, controversy? I don't know. The joke I, I, I was a little bit I was a little young when when he was president and that I, that was when I, I was like in high school. So mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of it. I do remember hearing the joke, read my lips, no new taxes, I will only sharply raise the old ones. But <laughs> But I don't know if that was true or not. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. I apologize for my historical ignorance. I mean, I didn't know who said it. I just felt like saying the phrase, read my lips. <laughs> yeah. So he gets interrupted. He is questioning Liam about the shoes, and he gets interrupted by Evie. Evie, who is protesting, singing, Love Will Keep Us Together on a megaphone. So this is the part that you had a problem with, or it comes later? When they're in the limo. Not quite yet. 
right. So I kind of, I think this is really interesting because here we have Evie in this world protesting the guilty remnant, which in our world she was part of. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that's interesting. You know, and, and in our world, she joined the guilty remnant, uh, which with the philosophy of there is no family, she would not even look at Erica uh, when Erica was right in her face trying to confront her about this. Okay, But here she is protesting the guilty remnant and singing love will keep us together. Yeah. Come to find out later uh, that in this world, her whole family was blown up by a drone strike that Kevin's administration ordered, which is also inverted from our world where Evie was the blown, one blown up by the drone strike. By an order not done by Kevin. Not done by Kevin, no. In a different place of the world. Right. Okay. Well, maybe, well, maybe actually she's still from... Uh, she could still be from Miracle in this uh, universe, actually. So never mind. She just mm-hmm. came all the way to Australia. Right upon Kevin, but that's where. So, like, what annoys me is he. We hear from. This is like the most. What's it? This is the most in the episode where it feels like the people of this universe are their own universe, right? It's not just like a world centered around Kevin, right? Right. Like Evie makes it sound like no, I like she like lives in this universe and lives and breathes in this universe. Like, uh-huh. no, that never happened. But we never see that guy get brought up again, right? And, like, when uh, Kevin gets taken out and put back into the universe, we don't get Evie. Like, I wanted to hear more on this, on Evie's feelings about the universe and all least where she lives. Because Kevin tried to tell her, like, you, you know. I Well, no, no, no. He tried to explain that to Christopher Sunday. But Kevin, just this interaction between Kevin and Evie, I wanted to see more of it because Evie... It's very adamant that she lives in this universe, and like you know, what other universe? Where are you from? Like this is, this okay. Is so that's that's what that's what um I wanted to hear more on. I okay. wanted to know more about that. Gotcha. So so you're taking it literally that this is its own place, and Kevin is just visiting it. No, I don't. I don't know though. I don't know if it is. I want to know why Evie feels that way. So don't you think that? Well. If you if you think about it from the perspective of this is all Kevin's subconscious, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, then that's whatever. Right. Then he's building their backstory, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, whereas if you think of it as this is a real place, uh, and this is you know Evie does have a backstory, uh, it seems like you only go there when you're dead. Right, mm-hmm. and if you don't remember anything from the real world once you drink the water, wouldn't you think that you would somehow have your your own backstory incepted at that point? I mean, I don't know. I I guess you do. I mean, that's what, that's. What, I mean, it can't be that nobody here remembers anything before they came to this place. Neil. Seemed like he did. Well, Neil never drank the water. Oh, okay. Well, then, okay. Evie drank some water. Okay. That would be my guess. Okay, fine. All right. Good. Sold. 
By the still, way, still uneasy about it, but okay, fine. Okay. By the way, uh, Kev, uh, President Kevin's chief of security, it seems like, is Kevin Yar- Yarborough. Yes, yes, it's Australian Kevin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just love how they did that. It's like yeah, Australian Kevin. I, d- does he even ever see him? I guess maybe he can see that he's died or something. Well, he saw him on the news report. Remember, he said when they said it was a bad day to be a, a Kevin in Australia. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. So they did give you that, so he could have, you know, extrapolated it from that, mm-hmm. or this could be an actual place. Um, this is the line that the leftovers walk so well. Uh, I mean, I, I do feel like they come down a little heavier on the side of this is uh, a real place than the side of Kevin is crazy, uh, at least at this point. Although I do think also that it's getting, it's drifting more toward this is Kevin's mental state rather than this is a real place. I mean, they do show how crazy. Like, <laughs> When he glimpses out of it, he does look mad crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think International Assassin happens, and it really seems like it's a real place, and it seems like they're coming down on that side of it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with um, with I Live Here Now. Mm-hmm. But with this one, I feel like they're, they are drifting more toward this is all in Kevin's head. I agree, yeah. Especially given that he blows it all up at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, if this was a real place, I don't think he actually is the most powerful man in the world, but maybe he is. Who knows? So, anyway, uh, Kevin Yarbrough uh, informs him that the Ukrainians are going to launch the nuclear uh, weapons in less than two hours, uh, and he's being brought to a bunker that only he... Uh, can access because of his unique biometrics uh and then they said unless of course you have an identical twin brother which would be ridiculous <laughs> I, don't know. I mean that is ridiculous don't be <laughs> ridiculous don't be don't be ridiculous but yeah exactly but i love that they put this in here because it's a it's a nod to yeah we we recognize that the identical twin thing is ridiculous but I mean, I mean, yeah it is so. yeah so it was international assassin but they still did it so <laughs> yeah but i but i do think that is further indication that they have kind of taken their side on the side of this is in kevin's head okay so but anyway uh evie uh they do get evie to ride in the car with kevin uh her shirt says i remember Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's I remember the drone strikes, yes. or it could be I remember the departure. Look, I assume the drone strikes just because after yeah. like her whole interaction and stuff. Right, right. Because we don't really get context on what the drone strikes were for from Evie ever. Like, so I I, I presume they're for a different reason mm-hmm. in in Kevin's universe. Drone strikes because they're a guilty remnant, so on and so forth. This universe, no clue why, but yeah. Something different, so. And we saw the counter, uh, and, like, you know, this this stock could have been seated in Kevin's mind because he saw, like, uh, people um, protesting what happened to the Guilty Remnant. That's wacky notion that they got blown out by some sort of missile when, I mean, Kevin said it so himself. It was just a gas leak, so. Must be true. 
I mean, yeah, I don't see why Kevin would have lied about that. So, <laughs> must just be a gas leak. Yeah, must be. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, uh, he does get to deliver the message to Evie, but Evie is not very receptive because of that drone strike that killed her parents uh, and her brother. So she doesn't really give him anything back to take back to John. Speaking of back to John, he, Kevin starts spewing water and flashing to like everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as though his whole life flashes before his eyes, but at this point, John and Michael pull him out of the lake back in the real world and bring him inside. Yeah. Because apparently there is no lake anymore. The whole ranch is flooded. And I still don't know why they didn't just leave him there. Well, he has no escape plan without them. So if they can't stay out there, then he needs to come out. Yeah, but just like, uh, like he'll survive. Just the next day, go out there and get him. Oh my god. Because this is where I was also wondering, like, the relatively of, like, how long was he underwater for? Yeah, I mean... It must have been a while if if it was starting to flood. Yeah. Right? So, like, if he's he's been under there for, like, let's say it took 10 minutes for the place to flood. If he was underwater for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. like, what's another hour? Right? Come on. (laughs) I don't know. I I feel like it's been more than 10 minutes, but yeah. Well, they deemed it important yeah. to pull him out and bring him inside. And Kevin does tell John that he delivered the message. He sounds uh, so crazy. And he, yeah, yeah, it does. And he does tell Grace that they don't know what happened to their shoes, which is, that's that's not the whole truth. Yeah, they, they didn't want to tell him what happened to their shoes. Exactly. Uh, and Mike seems kind of angry when he, te- when he tells John. Like, so when he tells John he delivered his message, John seems pretty happy, but Mike, Mike doesn't seem happy. I think that Michael has, uh, that Michael is out on this at this point, and he has been for quite some time, even to the point where he did not want to take on the role of a disciple in the last episode. Yeah, but like, if this guy is surviving, right, and you're clearly putting him to death, and he's somehow surviving, something like, come on, Mike. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I think he believes in Kevin. I think he just believes it's the wrong thing to do. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. To, to kill him and, and ask him to do this stuff. Okay. So, so I, I think, think he can make a good business out of this. He sure could. And and it's like a it's good on both ways. Like it's a win-win. He likes going there to say yep. homeward bound. They want him to do something. Boom. Well, it's funny because, you know, when you think about what Lori and John do, I mean, they basically fake this. Mm-hmm. And it's, Kevin, at least seemingly, can do it for real. Yeah. Which reminds me a little bit of what Meg said to Tommy, I can do this for real. <laughs> but Kevin never brings that up with, with Lori. But do you think that might have something to do with why Lori doesn't believe because she knows that she does this and it's fake when she does it? I don't think it has anything, I don't think it has anything to do with the fact that she fakes it when she does it. I think it just has to do with the fact that she just believes it's impossible to do, period. Like, even if she didn't do it, yeah, she wouldn't believe it. I, I think it's just 
not scientifically possible. So yeah, that's probably true. Not possible. But uh, senior is disappointed because they they he was not able to get Christopher Sunday's song because they pulled him out before he could get there. Uh, get to get to talk to Christopher Sunday. And so Senior pulls him into the bathroom and tries to lock everybody else out. Uh, but Michael says that the flood is not why he's doing this. Okay. Now, the reason he says this is because Senior says that the whole reason that he's doing this is because of the flood. Michael disagrees. But he doesn't know why, and he asks Kevin why he's doing it. And Kevin immediately flashes to Nora. <laughs> So we, we, know, we now know that there's more to this than Kevin's desire to prevent a biblical flood. Yeah. So, but Senior does eventually lock everybody out, out and, uh, because they're trying to stop him from drowning Kevin. Uh, but Kevin's going to... Greedy of them too, by the way. All because he already got what he wanted. Uh, John's like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't do it. Do you think that's it? No, not really. How? How? Maybe actually it is. No, that actually. Because John is John says he doesn't believe really, and um, he, he spoke to Lori. He doesn't really believe in seniors' things, like right. his whole stuff. So maybe it is that. Well, I think there's probably a combination here because he he has already been under for quite some time, and he does look terrible now. Oh yeah. So I I think that there's a difference between that first time and now and i think mm -hmm. that michael and john have kind of come to the conclusion that enough is enough they got to stop now mm -hmm. but senior is having none of that because if he doesn't go back then this flood's gonna wipe them all out in senior's mind yeah okay okay but senior has him in the bathtub and he's about to push him down, which, I mean, this is basically the Abraham Isaac story, right? Uh, do you remember me telling you the Abraham Isaac story? Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, so this is basically that. This is the father uh, forced to sacrifice his son, and in this case, to save the world. What a touching, what a touching moment. Yeah, yeah. They love I mean each other. Yeah, the the I love yous are 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 sweet, I suppose. I'll, you know, and senior does say, if you know, if I could do this instead of you, but of course he can't. Uh, but anyway, senior drowns Kevin, and we're back to the bunker. And there's a scanner outside the bunker. This this is President Kevin now. So when Kevin drowns this time, he goes back as President Kevin. That's where he was when he got pulled out. Uh, and he's getting scanned by the scanner and scans his face. And they, t is this where, yeah, no, this is where they tell him, you know, that he has to have, he has to do the penis scan too, because anybody can change faces nowadays, but nobody would go that far. And, and when, when uh, Kevin places his penis on the scanner, it sure sounds like uh like, I don't know, like an entire pork tenderloin being plopped down on a couch. They are generous with the sound effects. It's <laughs> like how they show uh, Aussie Kevin looking and like the random bodyguard looking as well. Exactly. But this is, by the way, just a, like a wink and a nod to... Do you remember me telling yes, you? Yes, you've told me this. 
Yeah, uh, back way back in the Garvey's at their best when he was jogging, like it kind of became an, a meme that you know Kevin in the jogging pants was pretty well endowed. So, and they they referenced it in International Assassin too when the guy frisked him and says congratulations to him. Yes, that's when he first told me, I believe. Yeah. So, so yeah, so so this is this is this is the penis scanner, but. After he gets through all the scans, he answers. He has to answer three security questions to get into the bunker. Uh, his favorite pet, which they didn't have because his mother was allergic. His favorite movie, which is The Godfather Part Two. And it, the last question is very specifically worded. It's not who is your Secretary of Defense. It's name your Secretary of Defense. Okay, which to me indicates that he gets to pick anybody he wants right here, right now. Yeah. There's not, there's not a wrong answer. He has to right now choose his secretary of defense. Now I think Patty pretty much confirms this later. Yeah, she does. Okay. So he names Patty Levin. I wonder why he picked Patty. Okay. So I have an idea about this. Okay. Uh, well, two ideas really. The first is that Kevin seems not to be aware that he is picking his secretary of defense here. I think so part of him, I think that there's a possibility that he thinks it has already been picked and who else could it possibly be besides Patty? Mm -hmm. That's part of it. I think the deeper meaning of this, which I'll get into more later is that he recognizes that only Patty can navigate him through this because she's been through it. Okay. So, um, because ultimately, you know, I've, I've heard interviews, I think I've told you this, between and and Dowd and Justin Thoreau, who are the actors who play Patty and Kevin, um, and they talk about The Leftovers as something of a love story between Patty and Kevin, not romantic love, but like this, this mutual understanding that, uh, you know, in season two, Kevin helps Patty get past this alternate universe where she's haunting him, where she's in this hotel and, and find peace and move on. And in season three, uh, Kevin calls upon her to help him. Mm-hmm. So, which is, uh, it's, it's really, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. Um, and I, I think that I, I think ultimately in, in Patty's, when we get to, uh, her a little bit later in the episode i think she all but confirms that so but it is patty she she uh she's there i i was so excited when kevin yarborough hears patty levin and says correct i was like oh my god it's gonna be patty here's patty and there's there then there she is and i was just over the moon about this could not have been more excited. I was pretty happy to see Patty, yeah. I enjoy Patty. <laughs> so, in order to arm the nuclear... Oh, by the way, I, I, I skipped over this part earlier. Uh, Kevin has asked... President Kevin has asked to take them to DEFCON 2. They are on DEFCON 3 right now. Well, 2 is worse than 3, right? 2 is worse than 3. Uh, and he won't do it. Uh, and whoever's on the phone that he says that to says that the Secretary of Defense won't be happy about this. So when they get in there, into the bunker, and Patty's there, uh, she cannot fathom why they can't, uh, why they're not at Def- DEFCOM 2 right yet. 
and she wants him, him to take them to DEFCON 1 immediately. He has to verbally do it, though, mm-hmm. okay? uh, by speaking into this microphone in this nuclear football case. But there are two cases, though. Right? There's a nuclear football case that he has to speak into to take them down to DEFCON 1. And there's this other case, and Patty says, well, let's just hope we don't need that one. It's a nuclear case, and then it's the mystery case. It's like some <laughs> wicked game like game show. Yeah. You want what's in case one or mystery case two? Yeah. But Patty is like the all about the nuclear football. Okay, say DEFCON 1 into here. You know, we got to do this. We got to do that with all with the nuclear football. But she does not want to break into this other case. So whatever's in there to her is more threatening than nuclear war. Yeah. Okay. So Kevin wants to make that phone call to Christopher Sunday uh, before doing anything, but Patty asks to uh, have some privacy with president Kevin, which he grants her. So it's just the two of them. And she slaps him across the face and says, what the F is wrong with you? So, apparently Kevin and Patty have been planning this nuclear attack for years. Yeah. Yeah. This is not something that is a response to anything the Ukrainians did. This is, they want to blow this stuff up. And in order to do that, he needs to play ball and he's not, and she's slapping him across the face to get him to play ball. Mm -hmm. So, the apparently there's the the vice president wants to see him now and who did you think it would be when when uh the vice president was trying to get in i thought it was going to be like lori so it'd be a juxtaposition from uh, I, patty trying to convince him yeah to do it i thought for sure it would be lori i think the thing is, the thing about Lori is, if this is Lori, it's confirmation that she's dead, and I think they wanted to maintain that ambiguity. I I felt like that would have been a good reveal, though. But okay, so so here's the thing: it I think if it's Lori, it confirms too much, because Kevin doesn't know she's dead. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so that's true. Okay. It confirms Lori's dead, and it confirms that this place is real. Okay, fair enough. So that's, I think that's why it wasn't Lori, although I thought for sure it would be. I was pretty surprised to see that it was Meg. Um, yeah, Meg's an odd choice. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, well, happy to see her, just just an odd choice. <laughs> it, it is an odd choice, but uh, when you think about it, the, the party that he is with is the Guilty Remnant party. So it's going to be somebody who he knows who's associated with the Guilty Remnant. And yeah, Meg's a very powerful member, at least was yes. a very powerful of the Guilty Remnant. She even made a, the MGR, Meg's Guilty Remnant, the offshoot branch. Correct. And she kind of shows that off during a, at some point during a, her interactions with a, actually assassin Kevin. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Meg wants to see him because she wants to tell him that he's being played. There is no threat. Uh, and <laughs> she's not in the loop. She doesn't know about Patty and Kevin's plan to start a nuclear war and blow the blow the place up. But Kevin doesn't either, so he makes Patty fill Meg in. I'm guessing so that he can hear it, so that he understands what the heck is going on. Yeah. Okay. So he does. Uh, and 
they plan to nuke every the way Patty describes it, every man, woman, and child, give the people what they want, what they uh, got elected for. Right. The reason that they voted for us is, is, is to, that we will give them what they want and what they want is to die. Understandable. Yeah. And this is where Meg invokes the, the Fisher Protocol. Okay. Yes. Understandable that what the people want is to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, here's where we get the first mention of the Fisher Protocol. And I was like, ah, yes. Fair enough. Only two episodes left. This is one episode that has a president. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we don't know yet. Well, you did, but I, the general viewer does not know yet what the Fisher Protocol is. Uh, but she's about to tell us that the volunteer, there's a volunteer who has the the key to the nuclear football, s- surgically implanted. Is it behind the heart? Some yeah, some part near the heart, like some artery or. So yeah, by yeah. their heart. Yes, um, and that that volunteer. Uh, in order to access the key, uh, well, actually, we don't get all that yet, right? All we get right now is that the vo- the volunteer uh, is on his way, and we'll be here in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Okay. I've always was like, I wonder how far. Obviously, this is um this universe, but I wonder like, what if the volunteer didn't want to play ball? It was like avoiding it or what if the government wanted the key so bad that they didn't let the president do it they just swiped the key themselves from the person or if the if the volunteer went missing do they have do they have copies of this key and if they have copies of this key that's really insecure then you don't need the volunteer if you have a copy of the key <laughs> exactly it's it's i understand the spirit of this protocol but practically i don't see how it could possibly work oh no <laughs> because of all those reasons that you just said yeah and there's more like, but if you got to act quick, oh, sorry, I was on vacation. I'll, I'll fly right over immediately. <laughs> right. And you can kill me and then have my key. Like, exactly. Anyway. So at this point, we kind of have an idea of what's going on. We know that the president, President Kevin is trying to, it needs to kill assassin Kevin in order to blow this place up. And assassin Kevin needs to kill president kevin in order to save this place mm-hmm. and did you have an idea which one would win out in the end no clue okay did you get at this point that this was a, a an internal struggle within kevin uh, about whether or not to uh blow this world up so that he either could keep coming back or could, had to stop coming back i i did not know that this would uh dictate whether or not it could come back or not yeah okay later that severity kind of dawned upon me but no i actually i don't think it quite dawned upon me until like the near the very end where he literally says so we don't come back here anymore right right i love watching this episode knowing that that's the point of it is kevin struggling against himself about whether he's going to allow himself to come back here or not Mm mm-hmm uh, because it, it it literally is he has to kill he has to kill a part of himself one way or the other yeah so uh, President Kevin does take them down to DefCon one because uh, Patty won't let him make a phone call otherwise <laughs> except taking them down to DefCon one puts them in full lockdown and he can't make the phone call so Hi, Patty 
Yeah, he's not happy with Patty about this. So unhappy with her that he takes her glasses off. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. I mean, that's one of the most pettiest things you can do if you like, just take your glasses. Like, ah. Well, that's, when he did it, I was like, what? Is, that is like so petty. What is he doing? And then I realized what he was doing. He was using the glasses to look and see his reflection, thereby jumping from President Kevin into Assassin Kevin. Yeah. Cool assassin, Kevin. <laughs> Who is like perched uh, at a high point uh, near the bunker with a sniper rifle and Burton in his ear. Mm-hmm. God Burton... in his ear. What's that? God, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, God in his ear. <laughs> and Burton wants him to go in to the bunker unarmed because he has an asset on the inside. And he says put your faith in me so here's here's burton playing god again they use his like the machiavellian quote or whatever of unarmed prophets succeed armed ones fail oh yes yes so inside so but kevin does agree to this uh and he gets through the, the security scanner because he has the same biometrics as his twin brother and inside meg takes out all the security guards. So apparently Meg is the asset here that, that David Burton has on the inside. Uh, and again, I, I've said it so many times, but Meg is, even in this world, a different brand of Guilty Remnant. Okay, and in our world, she was the more the more violent part of it. She, she didn't believe so much in the power of silence and the power of pacifism. Um, and she wanted to blow stuff up. Uh, whereas here, she's not in on the plan to blow this place up. And she goes rogue and takes out the security guards. Mm-hmm. And she says that everybody that is in this party with her, they're all liars. Uh, because she feels pain and she's in love with someone and his name is God. You tell her I love her too. <laughs> tell her I love her too. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> <I> lo- <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was great. And <laughs> after assassin Kevin. Uh, learns where the comms room is because Meg tells him. Yeah, and the code six nine six nine. Sixty nine sixty nine. Of course, um, he kills Meg. He kills Meg and throws God out of his ear. Yep, he's, he goes he's rogue. Done with Meg. Done with David Burton. He's on his own now. Mm-hmm. And he gets connected to Christopher Sunday because they think he's the president. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Christopher Sunday doesn't have a whole lot of help to offer Kevin. He says, do you believe your father can sing a song to stop a flood? And Kevin doesn't. He says, then why are you here? So this is, this is the real question. You know, this is the question that Michael asked before he came back in. Michael said, I don't know. Why are you doing this? You know, and Christopher Sunday is asking the same question. Why are you here? It's not about a song for your father. But he doesn't get the song. And again, he doesn't get Christopher Sunday says, my song brings the rain. It doesn't stop the rain. But 
at this point he gets cut off and the alarms start flashing he gets taken and arrested um but before he or while he's being taken he looks in a mirror uh was it a mirror i don't know maybe it was like a monitor or some sort of reflection yeah he looks into a monitor and sees himself uh and switches into president kevin good yeah yeah yeah. you want to say about that uh in terms of the no 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 i mean i do i do like how megan so at first i i didn't think she fit the role as vice president but when they have her be like the the betrayer or the inside person i was like you know that kind of makes sense megan was always a she she became like an outsider in a different faction to the guilty remnant a different breed yeah sure made sense yeah yeah i i definitely had to make that adjustment as well and but i think that it is satisfying once you think about it in those terms so so back in the situation room with just patty and president kevin patty wants her glasses back kevin isn't going to give them to her just smashes them uh, also very petty yeah but i guess he just, maybe just doesn't want to go back either right and this is where Patty kind of reveals her hand here because Kevin says that she's, she's not the secretary of defense. And she says, Oh no, I most definitely am. You summoned me out of retirement and I came back. Now that could be political retirement, but I think more likely what she means is she had moved on from this place mm-hmm. and Kevin called her back. And she, she, he called, she came back because she says, because I owed you, you helped me, Kevin. And now I'm here to help you. So what do you want? So this is, I, I love this so much because this really does clue you in on the fact that this is not nefarious attached to him, Patty. This is Patty who has found peace and moved on. And has come back to help him, just like he helped her. I love that. Or Kevin's just crazy. Or Kevin's just crazy. Or it's all in Kevin's in Kevin's head. It's this elaborate story universe in his head. Yeah. Good yeah. But what does he want? He wants what he always wants. He wants to go back home. But, man. Yeah. He. It, you know. Seemingly, because he keeps saying it. And Patty says as much, but Patty calls him on it. Do you? Because you've been known to say that, and yet you keep leaving home and coming here. I mean, he came here by choice one other time. We don't know that. We like we've seen the plastic bags. That's true. Yeah, actually, never mind. Take that back. That's true. He, yeah. All I know is he hasn't been singing "Homeward Bound" whenever he comes back. That's right. That's right. Well, was, we don't know that either. <laughs> it doesn't seem like he's been singing "Homeward Bound." Okay. I mean, God sings it to him. Yeah. So, but if he sings it that frequently, I feel like he would have recognized God sooner. So, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, but it sounds, she says, it sounds like something you need to work out with yourself. And just as she says this, in comes himself. <laughs> so now they're both in the same place. I was so hyped to see what would happen next. Uh, and 
I, I'm not disappointed at all because Patty gives this awesome explanation of the Fisher protocol. Like it's all very clinical the way she says it. Uh, and she says stuff like uh, uh, something about Congress, if Congress still exists, which it will not. If we, if we survive, which we will not. <laughs> like, but she explains the Fisher protocol that uh, he, that President Kevin needs to cut open with a scalpel, assassin Kevin, and reach in under the sternum and like behind the, I think it's the left ventricle, and get this key to the nuclear football. So she, he has to kill his identical twin or, or you know, this other version of him. They never said kill, just to grab it from him. They never said it, but he's going to die doing this. <laughs> So he has to do this in order to get the 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 key. He's going to have to do this this thing that's going to end up killing this human or whoever this is, himself, his twin, whoever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and they they both say, "I'm not doing it because it's stupid." Just just like. Kevin said he wouldn't sing at karaoke because it was stupid. Okay, but he does, he does the exact same way he like, that's stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But in this case, it's both of him saying it. I know, they both are in agreement. They, they, yeah. they always, they, both of them always agree with each other. Uh, they do kind of argue about who wrote the book, mm-hmm. kind of, but then they both kind of agree. It wasn't either of them, but yeah. Right. They're on the same page, these Kevins. They are, they are, but you had already brought this up earlier. You you said you know what if the person who has the key implanted into them refuses and won't won't cooperate, you know, or what if the what if you need it right now and the president is taking too long to do it, like this that's those scenarios are at play here. I guess a way to help with that is to have multiple volunteers. I suppose so, but he's only got one in the room with him right now. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Patty has had enough. You know, they, they say it doesn't make sense. They don't believe it. She said, well, you know what? How, did you tell them that you're, you're writing a book, romance novel? And this is where neither one of them will, will take credit for it. They both think the other one wrote it. I didn't write it. It was in your like shack. No, no, no. I I know you saw that in my shack, but I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't write it. Yeah, exactly. But Patty has it. She pulls it out of the book, or out of the that other suitcase, that one that she hoped she wouldn't have to use. She pulls it out, and it looks just like Matt's book of Kevin, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, I, I yes, I mean it's, it reminded me of the book. I didn't know if it was the exact same, but just the way it was written reminded me of a. Okay. Or it like was, just because like, I remember it being like a big binder like thing. Yes, that's okay. that's what I'm talking about. That giant binder looks just like. I don't know if it was exactly the same binder or anything, but I just remember it reminded me of it. I mean, it's a big leather one, so I'm, I'm guessing it's pretty much the same. Okay. Yeah. I didn't say that. You said that. Yeah. I think it is meant to recall that. Okay, bold assumption of you. Is it? Very bold, anyway. Okay. 
<laughs> so, but neither one of them wants to read it. So Patty says, "All right, fine, I'll read it." Except that her glasses are broken. And I love them. <laughs> she just takes like her sweet old time <laughs> messing with her glasses. Then President <laughs> Kevin just gets so frustrated. <laughs> It's like these two know each other so well. Like she knows that's all she has to do, and he'll start reading. I love it. Anyway, the the boat in the book the main character is on is called the Merciful. Okay. The merciful, like uh, merciful meaning, of course, uh, forgiving. Uh-huh. Okay. So we can think of that in terms of where Kevin is and how he's perceiving his relationship with, with Nora, how he needs to forgive her and, and hope that she forgives him. Mm-hmm. Right. So the merciful is the name of the boat. And it says that his thoughts turned to her and now she would know he was a coward just in the uniform of a brave man. Okay, this is as he's leaving. So just like he left Nora in the hotel, this this character in the book is leaving. Um, says he was, oh, and she would know that he was a coward uh, dressed in the uniform of a brave man. And of course, we flash to him wearing his cop uniform. Subliminal messaging. Yep, leftovers edition. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Says he was terrified of her. All he knew to do was run. He was alone and all was well. That's, that's how the book ends. That's, that's all that she wanted him to read, really. Okay, but this, this is everything that Kevin did. He was terrified of her. He was terrified of Nora. All he knew to do was run. He ran from Nora. Okay. Both Kevins at the end of this are crying. And Assassin Kevin says, take this thing out of me so we can't ever come back here again. And if you haven't yet picked up on, on that, we now know exactly what the conflict is here. Does Kevin allow himself to come back here over and over and over again? Or does Kevin blow the whole thing up so that he can't come back here and he has to fully live in the present, in reality, you know, with his family? Whatever that means now. Mm-hmm. He's giving it up cold turkey. Yeah. He's going to have to. So, and then the the Beach Boys song "God Only Knows What I'd Be Without You" starts playing. Have you heard that song before? I don't recall. Okay, yeah, it's, I love that song. Anyway, um, it, it basically it's it's about someone who uh, is worried about losing the person they love, uh, and one, like some of the lines are like, uh, "The uh, what good would living do me?" You know, so it's. It, it's been sometimes criticized as being uh, criticized as being uh, kind of a ballad, a suicide ballad. Okay. But um, it's not usually perceived that way, Uh, but it certainly is reflective of what Kevin is probably thinking about Nora right now. Mm -hmm. And then we get this full extraction of the key, which is pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely gruesome. Yeah, I mean, he makes the incision under the sternum and shoves his entire hand into this, like, what, what is that, the thoracic cavity? Got too far. My eye died. Nope, never took an anatomy class. Okay, well, whatever it is. You know, behind... Stab heart. Stab by heart. Go by heart. Grab key. 
the yeah. handout. <laughs> behind the rib cage, behind the heart, grabs the key, pulls it out. And the last words that Assassin Kevin says are, we effed up with Nora. Yeah. So that's that seems to be the whole point of this exercise is, is to come to that realization and seek mercy uh, and grant mercy in return. But Kevin or Patty says to Kevin, you know, they, they, they execute the whole thing, uh, turns the key, it's, it's going to happen. And Patty says, let's go watch. And they're, they go up on the roof and they watch the bombs fall. And it appears as, one of, as though one of them is a direct hit on them. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the Russians had pretty good intel. Yeah, exactly. This this reminds me so much of the end of Fight Club, which I know you still haven't seen, but it's it it also ends with two characters, uh, just watching the world that they uh, just blew up explode. <laughs> so, minor spoilers for Fight Club. I mean, fair enough. I, I, How was that movie? How was that movie? How old is that movie? That is 2000, no, 1999. That's fine. Yeah. No yeah. one's watching Fight Club anymore. Yes, it's 21 years old. Yeah, first rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. Already broken that rule. So. You really should watch that movie here. <laughs> I think I already know the entire movie, though. No, we you got don't. A, we got a Holding Hands at the end. And... I, did I say Holding Hands? No, no, I just, basically Holding Hands and thing being destroyed and don't talk about fight club you don't know who's destroying what and who's watching you don't know anything <laughs> you know nothing does it John. matter though if, if it all ends in destruction what isn't it isn't it all about the destination and not the journey mr sal yeah i guess so <laughs> you got me there <laughs> maybe i'll watch fight club it's on yeah. it, it, it's on the list but it's tentatively on the list oh you really should watch it that's a top 10 movie for me for sure really okay well that's pretty that's piqued my interest oh yeah it's good stuff you also don't like endgame though i've never seen it and i won't see it exactly there you go uh anyway you also you also like the like the comedy of um copenhagen copenhagen see there you go you already remembered it that's one of your. You like that movie a lot, right? I love it. It's, is that it's, is that one of your top ten? No, it's not in my top ten. Okay, but you really like it. Yeah, I do. A comedy known as Copenhagen. I mean, if you guys are, if the listeners are up for a good comedy, I'd recommend it. Not a comedy. And if you, and if you know, like some science. I like the. Like, learn a bit of the history between the people of it and watch it, but. Heisenberg and Bohr, not a comedy. Totally a comedy. Very much drama. Anyway. <laughs> that aside. Anyway. I'm giggling just the thought of it. It's just so funny. Okay. Well, Kevin wakes up in the church, like, shrouded. <laughs> there's there's no flood anymore. It seems like the waters are seeded. And John and Michael are sleeping there, kind of cuddled together in the corner of the church. And he's like... I, I'd be nervous if I'm him. I wake up and, and I'm wrapped in this white cloth and I and I know that the other or that Kevin Yarbrough is buried right here. Yeah, I'd be like they thought I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> they're yep. they're pretty sure I've gone and died. 
Yeah, exactly. But uh, he sees the seniors up on the roof. Now, he just, in his uh, International Assassin universe, was up on the roof with Patty watching the world explode. Uh Senior is up on the roof where he expected to be watching the world be destroyed by flood. Uh And of course, did you get the other reference that this is? No. Okay. This is other reference. This is the great disappointment. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't, I know that didn't cross my mind at all. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Because they gave up on him, on his great disappointment. Senior still went through, even to the bitter realization, and he kind of, myself, hope in the bitter, he even asks, you know, hey, what's next? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For those of you who don't remember, the the very first scene of season three was the Millerites and the the depiction of the Great Disappointment, where they were told that the world would be ending. They climbed up on their roofs. They they wore their white cloaks, and they waited for the rapture to be to take them. Um, And it just never happened. And so that was called the Great Disappointment. That was an illustration of misplaced faith. And here we have Senior up on a roof after he predicted the end of the of the world didn't happen and he recognizes that he has misplaced his faith mm-hmm. even to the point of killing his son i mean questionably we we, we knew he wasn't gonna die not permanently but but he was willing to do it well that's why it's death permanent well he, because, because if it isn't, listen, if death isn't permanent, you might get some benefits from dying. A life sentence? Oh. Very interesting. Life he sentence. Does, Senior does say that he thought that Kevin was gone. He did. Yeah, he does admit his, he, he wavered in his faith, but I think Senior's fully back on the bandwagon behind Kevin. Okay. He he's gone. He thought he was gone, but Kevin came back, so... And then he asked him, what's next? So, I feel like... I feel like he surely must believe in Kevin if he thought he was gone, and then he still comes back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I Now I'm really curious to what happens if Kevin has to serve a life sentence in prison, and he dies, and comes back. <laughs> like, is, like, are you absolved? Why would, why would Kevin need to serve a life sentence in prison? I don't know. Killed someone. Let's say he, let's say he takes the rap for at least two cop deaths. Okay. Hmm. He, he says, it was all me. I did it cold-bloodedly. Okay, you're going to serve two consecutive life sentences. Kevin goes, that's fine by me. Does one life sentence? Like, okay, crap. We've still got another life sentence. Say no more. Boom. He's out hmm. free. And only a day. <laughs> Having to serve two life sentences. <laughs> so this, just some food for that. I can't stand when people get like sentenced to like two life sentences back to back well the, the reason that's for is so that way if you appeal one you still have to appeal the other like so if you get like 20 yeah. consecutive life sentences yeah you could appeal maybe three of them and maybe get off three of them but 17 still stick or something mm-hmm. it's like it's like putting extra nails in the coffin yeah i guess so yeah but senior doesn't think he's ready to come down and does ask you know now what that's the end of the episode. The song that plays over the closing credits is 
uh, I, I don't actually know the name of the song, but the, one, some of the lyrics are, don't they know it's the end of the world? It ended when I lost your love. So we can, we can kind of see that Kevin has come back having blown up the international assassin universe, uh, feeling like his world ended when he lost Nora's love. Mm-hmm. So 10 out of 10. Love it. So good. I need to probably think about where I would put this uh, in my in my uh, season rankings. I, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I have no clue. I know it's not number one, but yeah, I, 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 I think it's better than like, I, I, I really have no idea. I just know it's not number one. Okay. <laughs> so. I understand. So, so what do you think we're gonna see in this next in this last episode? I the think last... we see Nora, Matt, a good chunk of those two, and some maybe last second Kevin, uh, and maybe some closure on Lori. Okay. What do you mean by last second Kevin? What does that mean? We'll see Kevin in like the later part of the episode, if ever, or oh, just okay. or just a bit of Kevin for whatever reason. Oh, I see. So you think pretty much Kevin's story is done, and we're gonna I, focus. I think we'll get a big chunk of it through Nora, but yeah, I think maybe we'll see him for like ten minutes in the next episode. Maybe we'll get him a lot early, but I, I sense that it's gonna be Nora' perspective, and that we're just gonna see Kevin for a bit, whether it be a bit halfway through or a bit near the end. We're gonna get a bit of Kevin. Okay. And are you still thinking that this, that that is a flash forward? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the whole Sarah pigeon thing. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure on that. All right. So what what do you need to see in this finale for it to be satisfying? So correct me if I'm wrong, but um, the the nun. Yep. When she talks to Sarah, asks her if she knows Kevin Garvey. That's Kevin. She doesn't say Garvey. She says, "Does the name Kevin mean anything to you?" Okay. Hmm. I mean, I hope something big happens to Kevin, whether he becomes newsworthy or he actually dies. Okay. And uh, Nora decides to move on, and that's like Nora's future without Kevin. He rides solo, literally, and goes under the name Sarah. Who knows? Okay. But I, I, I really don't know. I don't think she's actually going to go through the machine now. Okay. But I'm, I know I'm flip, like flipping, flopping between whether she does or not. But Okay, because you had that, what did I say? I think I said 85%, and I think you changed it to 100% that she's going through. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Um. Well, we'll keep it at a hundred percent, but put an asterisk by that. But but that um could also be hundred percent the other way. Hard to tell. <laughs> but I I'll, I'll put a hundred percent that she goes through. But I might my I I my I got the hundred percent gauge happening right now. But I I'm, I'm confused to which way it's reading. It's not quite clear. Oh. So. Interesting. And I don't want to do any sort of half measure. So. 
I'm trying to say, I, I, we'll go with 100% she goes through it, but I agree that it could be 100% that she doesn't go through it. It's very hard to read. This device is very hard to read right now. Okay. Interesting. So, Mr. Saldo, I have to ask you. Yeah. What is TV Time put as their favorite character? Oh, the TV Time check-in. And you want to go with character first, right? Yes, character. My guess. See, Patty. I see. I think that character is the most interesting one. I agree. So I, would, I would save that for last. Okay, fair enough. So we'll start with. Uh, I don't really care about the emotion, to be honest. All right. Emotions or whatever, like exciting, nah, shock, whatever, blah, blah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, rating? Yeah. So, five one, stars. Two, three, four, one, two, three, four, five stars. Which one do you think got the most? Five. Five. 80%. Yeah. Said five stars. Very reasonable. Yes. How many gave four stars? 13%. Oh, wow. But I mean, 7% did not like the episode, or at least yeah. three or lower. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, you might want to look at the emotions for this because after shocked, the second most common uh, emotion selected was not excited. It was confused. Which I think is As I said, a confusing episode, Mr. Sal. Okay, so so honestly, I think this is the least confusing of his trips to the International Assassin Universe. I think. So, I think the first one's definitely the most confusing. I'll agree with yeah, you. Yeah, for that. sure. For sure. Second one. I mean, I feel like there's not much confusion in the second because there's not much like I. I'd say this is the second most confusing because the first one is just goes sing. It's like it takes the basis of the first one except this time your quest is go sing. And he just sings and he's gone. See, I think yeah, you you're you might be right. Okay, but I don't think this episode is very confusing. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think it's pretty eloquent and beautiful that you know he. There are two parts to himself. One part wants to keep coming here. One part recognizes that if he keeps coming here, he is sacrificing his life in reality. I question how what happens to like what happens to assassin Kevin when Kevin's living president Kevin. Like he's still doing stuff we see, but like what's his modus operandi? You mean in the real world or in an international assassin universe? An international assassin universe. Gone. International Assassin Universe is gone now. Yeah, but like, I mean, when when they were both running about during this episode, like, is it just like he he still seemed to act the same way Kevin acts? So like, I'm just well, yeah, because oh, I see. Like, what is Kevin here when he goes between the two? Hmm. I'm like, I I don't want to think too much into that, but I just you know that's a bit confusing. Right. Going on there. Okay, but I I mean. I could see why I could see why people label the episode as confusing. Like I, I don't think it's all that confusing. I said that kind of, cause I, but I understand that it's a criticism for the episode. Mm-hmm. Right? I can totally see that. Uh, I don't know. I feel like there are way more confusing episodes of the leftovers. This this one to me is like you know what this universe is. You know how it works. You know how to. Nap- I mean, I mean, we know what the universe is. We don't really know how it works. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you have some ideas, you know. Yeah, about- yeah, but I won't. I won't go to the extent of. Listen, you know, you know, you know how this all works. You know what's going down here. Like, do you really though? I, I, I'd beg to. I'd beg the opposite. Like, you don't really know what goes on in this universe, right? Like- I think that you know enough that everything that that they show you here 
fits into what you already know about the universe. I agree with that, but I wouldn't say you know what's going on per se always. All right. I would say well, I I could definitely go with I could understand confusing. Well, I, I think I'm a for, man of the people, and I agree with the people here. Oh, okay. Well, I think for those people who are confused, th- what I would say is this: like, stop being confused. No, I <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to help you stop being confused. Okay, Ke- there are two sides to Kevin's mind. Kevin, part of Kevin wants to keep coming here because he's never felt more alive. The other part of Kevin needs to be needs to be loved and with his family in the real world and stop coming here so that he can be fully in the in the moment with his family okay and what you have in this episode is those two sides pitted as adversaries where one of them needs to kill the other they both need to kill the other in order to to survive this so the so president kevin wants to destroy this world so that he can so, because family is everything to him, and he wants to go back and be with his family without having the distraction of this world. So, in order to do that, he needs to kill Assassin Kevin to get that key out of him to blow up this world. Assassin Kevin likes the adventure of being here, never felt so alive. Uh, so, in order to keep coming here, he needs to kill President Kevin. Otherwise, he's going to blow up the world. I mean, and in the end, they real they both come to the agreement and realization that what they really want is they, they, they screwed up with Nora. They want forgiveness. They want family. They need to blow this place up so that they can never come back here. And all along the way, Patty is helping usher Kevin from this point of uh, restlessness to a point of peace, just like he did for her. Well spoken, Mr. Sal. There we go. In a very confusing way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no i'm joking good good work oh boy anyway uh back to tv time uh favorite character you said patty right well okay so my favorite character i think i think i'd still i think i'd go with the the vanilla kevin the vanilla kevin i mean kevin i feel is like the easiest shot to do here but i do really like what i do with kevin okay so what do you want me to tell you first who I picked or who, who you, tell me who you picked. I picked Patty. Understandably. And who did the people pick? Kevin. 92%. <laughs> I'm a man of the people. Totally fine with that. I have, I have no problem with that. Okay. You're, you're like the TV time people that pick people that die, right? Like the respect yeah. pick of, I understand that you died and they, the, the au revoir. Time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I knew that this is Patty, you know, this is probably her swan song. And I and I was like, it was really good. I love seeing Patty again. So, yeah, Patty. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I, I see why you picked Patty, but I think clearly yeah. Kevin. So I totally get why people would pick Kevin. Kevin is amazing. I, I could very easily have picked Kevin. But I think what makes this episode so beautiful is the fact that it's it bookends with International Assassin in that they are helping each other, uh, but the opposite way around now. I agree with that, and I understand Patty's a vital part to it, but Kevin's an even more vital part to it. I totally agree. So that, that's why I'd still pick Kevin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, that's fine. Absolutely. Patty is second, 4%. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd give Patty second. If you made me pick someone besides Kevin, I'd pick Patty. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I, I, yeah, I see why Patty's second. I, I'm surprised it's 92% Kevin, though. Yeah. I'm shocked by that. I thought maybe, like, 60. Hmm. So, so people know what they want, and what they like, and they like Kevin. Yeah, I guess so. Who's third? Is it Senior? Uh, well, there are th- four people tied at 1%. Okay. Each. Senior is one of those people. I don't know, like Evie? Evie is another one of those people. John? Nope. Oh? Hmm. Meg. Never, oh, yeah, Megan. Meg is one of them, yeah. And you'll never guess the fourth. Lori. <laughs> no. Nora. Nora. Yeah, fuck, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's dumb. That's actually dumb. <laughs> That is dumb. How is it not John or Dean or uh, Kevin Yarborough? Yeah, how about someone that's actually in the episode that's actually doing something instead of I mean, like Nora, a flashback? Nora was in this episode. Yeah, but like the most token way of the, like a build on her in, in any way. Yeah. Like we don't see her really the only time we ever see her like really interacting with anyone is at the very beginning. That's just the, like the swan all happiness, you know. Things are pretty good. Life's good. Mm-hmm. Any other time we see her, just a quick glimpse. Yeah, exactly. So. Hmm. So, good episode. Great episode. Uh, probably not gonna like the finale as much. Apparently, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if it ends with the bang or ends in a whimper. Just how? Yeah, you're you're not gonna like this. Okay. I'm I'm like, I'm scared to talk about it next week. I'm very excited too. Uh. I'm also excited. Fourth number released, Mr. Sal. Is that next week? Yeah. Oh my god. People almost be halfway to your social security number. Wow. I don't know if that microphone picked that up. I whispered. It did. It did. (laughs) It picked up your wow. Okay. Oh Oh, man. I'm, I'm sad to see this series end. I have enjoyed the heck out of watching it, so... Uh, again with you and uh well no again watching Mr. it Sal, you've revealed a big secret <laughs> that you and i have watched this together yes. no yeah. no never seen it before and then we'll start our next series yes we will with a super cool that we totally know what we're filming series <laughs> the super secret super secret series next series yes us, us. super secret series up. all right folks well hey thank you so much for listening if you would like to contact us uh you can reach us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com uh if you'd like to be a guest on the show no i'm kidding kurt is my only guest on the show oh thank you <laughs> seriously if you want to be a guest on the show feel free yeah yeah if you want to be the guest on the show let us know mr sal is um, expendable mr sal is expendable oh my goodness but uh, we'd be happy to uh, hear from you. We'd be also happy to receive five-star ratings from you. That would be grand, as Kurt would say. And we'd also be happy to have you share the podcast however you can with whoever or whatever you can. And we will be looking forward to hearing uh, all about how much her- Kurt hated the series finale of The Leftovers, The Book of Nora, next week. I want to put in a comment that Mr. Sal, you're not expendable. Oh, thanks, Kurt. And will Kurt hurt from Nora 
sure. <laughs> Find out next week. I had to take some liberties on the last name there, but close enough. <laughs>